Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been looking at the whole issue of the Holy Spirit. Now, we've entitled the series, The Forgotten One, because to be honest with you, you and I will go through a whole week and never even think once about Him. Now, we benefit from His presence in our life if you're a believer, but we'll go a whole week without even thinking about Him. We'll go a whole week without understanding the reality of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And that's why we've been doing this series, The Forgotten One, because we want to gain an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So over these last few weeks, we've really been looking at the whole issue of the work of the Holy Spirit, what He does for your life, and so forth. So now we're coming, we're, we're coming to a crescendo. You know, you know what a crescendo is? It's like a musical thing where everything just kind of works to a culmination. It's like the grand finale. But we're coming to the grand finale here of what it is about the Holy Spirit in our life. And really what we're going to talk today is about the decision that you and I have to make. We have the decision that we have to make concerning the Holy Spirit. Whether we're going to allow Him to have control in our lives and guide us, or whether we're going to do our own thing. I mean, that's just basically the decision. Whether we're going to allow Him to have control and guide us, or whether we're going to do our own thing. And, and let's be honest, for most of us, we live most of our lives doing our own thing. But Paul wants to confront us here in chapter 8 with the reality that there's something so much more out there if we would only grasp it. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try and help you to understand what the Scripture says today. So I want you to notice with me, you're going to look at the first 11 verses and notice what the Apostle says. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. And what we can do is, is we can take this passage and we can divide it into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, the pronouncement. We're also going to see the contrast. 
And then we're going to see the Spirit's work. So let's talk, first of all, about the pronouncement. Look with me, verse 1. He makes a powerful pronouncement that many of us claim, but many of us don't understand. Okay? Look with me what he says there. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now here's what he's saying. Punishment does not await those in Christ. Punishment does not await those in Christ. Let me ask you a question here. How many of y'all sinned this week? Raise your hand. Everybody's hand should be up. Okay? Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this, but I want you to consider what you did this week as far as sin. How many of you would say, no, no, don't answer me, would say to yourself, yeah, I sinned, but it really wasn't that big. Okay? Maybe you're there. Or maybe you would say, yeah, I sinned, and it was really a big mess up. I did. And you're carrying guilt from it. Okay? Now, the first one, you're, you're in trouble because you think there's, it's, there are okay sins. But if you're in the second group, and you realize, man, I have really messed up. And you're carrying the guilt and the shame of that, and you're carrying almost like you feel like God's out to get you. Like that's why you got four flat tires on the expressway. Or your engine went out on your car. Or the heater doesn't work and it's six degrees outside. God, God, why are you doing this to me? I mean, if you're in that crowd, this verse is for you. Because look, here's the reality. Here's the pronouncement that the apostle's making. Here's what he's saying. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, if you are a believer in him, Punishment doesn't await you. There is therefore no condemnation in Christ. Okay, because remember now, just right before that in chapter 7, we discussed this a long time ago, Paul is struggling with the reality that the good that he wants to do, he doesn't do. That which he wants to do, he can't do. And he's got this war going on within him. And he says, oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me from this body of sin? And then he says, thanks be to Christ Jesus, because it's Christ Jesus who saves us. And then he goes off into chapter 8 now. Very first thing, first chapter 8, he says this. There's no condemnation. That's awesome, isn't it? If you truly know Jesus, there's, there's no condemnation. Now, let me just stop for a moment. That is not an excuse. What do you mean by that? Well, if there's no condemnation, well, hey, let's go do it. Let's do whatever we want. I don't know. Romans 6, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, he doesn't say that. Here's what I want you to see. Verse 2, he goes on. He wants to expand a little bit further to help us to understand. This is where the Spirit comes in. Look what it says. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What's he talking about here? The Spirit's control frees us from sin. The Spirit's control, allowing the Holy Spirit to have control in your life, frees you from sin and the effects of sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? It frees you from the law of sin and death. It frees you from the guilt. It frees you from all of that. Being controlled by the Spirit is so important. This is what he's saying. Why? Because look at verse 3 and 4. Because Jesus fulfilled the law for us. That's the next point there. Jesus fulfilled the law for us. Because look at what he says in verse 3. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh... God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. What's he saying here? Remember now, there was a law. God's law. God's law said if we transgress against it, there had to be a punishment. The punishment, folks, I'm going to be honest with you, is an eternal punishment. It's death. In fact, we see that from the very beginning in the garden. When Adam and Eve sinned. Remember, God said, if you eat from this tree, you will surely what? Die. Now, they didn't die. They didn't die immediately physically. They would eventually die physically. But they died spiritually. They were separated from God. They were condemned. And here's what he's saying. The the law required a penalty to be paid. Jesus paid that penalty is what Paul's saying. Jesus satisfied the wrath of God. Satisfied the penalty that needed to be paid. And look with me there. Look what it says there. And the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. So he paid that penalty so that the requirement that's required of you and I would be fulfilled. Not because of us, because I'm going to be honest with you folks, you can't keep it. You can't keep doing the right things. Have you tried that lately? Have you tried that? I mean, I have this week. I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. Hour later. Can't believe I did it. What's the matter with me? You know what I'm saying? I don't know if I got your problem, George. Okay, do you drive 25 through Kerbinsville? <laughs> do you? I almost guarantee you don't. I didn't know it was 25. <laughs> well, it is. You know what I'm saying? And the school zone is 15. See, see here's the thing. You understand? You can't fulfill the law. You can't, you can't do it. Our, our tendency is not to do it. So who did it for us? Jesus did it for us. But notice what he says here. He qualifies it. He did it for those. Look at the last part of verse 4. Because this is so important. He did it for who? In us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What's he talking about here? He did it for those who believe who are not going to be led by their flesh, but they're going to be led by who? The Spirit. See, you have to understand, we're, we're getting to the point where you've got to understand how important it is you know, yeah, we see about all the benefits the Holy Spirit does in our life and all the wonderful things He does for us and, and about the greatest relationship and all of that. I'm going to be honest with you, it's so much more than that. You have to come to a place where you are led by Him, controlled by Him. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're controlled. So I want you to notice, He's going to give us a contrast here. He's going to help us to understand why it's so important that we've got to get that. He's going to, he's going to contrast being led by your flesh... Versus being led by the Spirit. Now, some of you are being led by the flesh. What does that mean, George? Well, hey, have you noticed that uh, your body craves things? Your body will tell you to do things. Have you noticed that? Maybe you don't realize that. Walmart does. What do you mean? When I go to the checkout, what's right there at Walmart at the checkout? Cat food? Yeah, candy. Somebody said candy, and they had to put the emphasis on the day. Candy, okay? Candy and soda and chips and jerky. All the things that make for what? A happy body, right? No, I mean, they don't make for a healthy body, but they make for a happy body because you're like, ooh, that tastes good. Do you know what I mean? You, you are led by your body more than you realize. So you walk into the house and your lady's got a nice meal going. And you're like, 
what is, what is that smell? And it ain't burnt. Okay? It, it, it's something good. And, and immediately what begins to happen? It, it begins, your mind and your stomach work together. Right? You see what I'm saying? You, you, okay, we're, we're talking about food here, so we're led by our bodies concerning food. But you're led by your bodies in other areas. And so what he's going to do now, he's going to try and contrast those two things for us. He's going to contrast what it means to be just led by whatever you want to do versus led by the Spirit. So let's notice with me. First of all, verses 5 through 7. Look at what he says there. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. First of all, here's what he's saying. First of all, he's saying this. Living by your flesh results in fulfilling our desires. Living by your flesh results in fulfilling our desires, your desires. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you're going to be led by, rather than be led by, you know, you get up in the morning and you say, Lord, guide me this day. Spirit, guide me this day. What am I supposed to do this day? Rather than be guided by the Spirit, you're just going to go with whatever you feel. You know what I mean? Here's what happens. Some of you are not morning people, are you? I'm not married to a morning person. I tend to be a morning person. She's not a morning person. Until she gets her first cup of coffee, leave her alone. You, how many of you know what I'm talking about? You, you're, you're not embarrassed by that. You, okay, you agree. Okay. Here's the thing. What's going on there? Her body is dictating her actions. In fact, if I interact with her, and I do, I'm probably more likely going to cause her to what? You said it. I didn't say it's sin. Okay? Why? Because she's not in a good mood. Her body's not, you know, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you know what I'm talking about. You've, you've had a bad hair day at work. Somebody, you know, I didn't ask you to raise your hand, bro, okay? Uh, you know, you got a bad hair day at work. And if you're led by your body, you're a grump. Hello? What do you want? Do, do you know what I mean? It affects your attitudes. Your body will affect your attitudes, how you interact with people. You will give in to, if you live by your flesh, it results in fulfilling your desires. Because, look, your tendency naturally is to be selfish. Do you understand? The fallen aspect of who you are is that you are self-centered. It's all about you. And it's what you want. But if you're led by the flesh... You're going to do whatever you do to satisfy what you want to have happen. So your interactions with the people around you, your interactions at work, your interactions with what you're doing as far as eating, even what you do as far as what your daily routine, it's all about you. Because you just want to fulfill your desires that day. And, and here's the thing that's scary about it. You say, well, George, that's kind of harsh. I don't, I don't know that I actively get up in the morning and say things like this. It's all about me today. Nobody better get in front of me. I don't act that way. You're right. Most people don't. But that still doesn't mean you're not guided by your flesh. Because it's a subtle thing. 
In fact, Jeremiah would say to us that our, our hearts are so wicked we cannot understand them. And that our motives are not pure. And so even the good things that I think I'm doing, I'm doing them not for a good reason. I'm doing them for my own self-satisfaction. You understand what I'm saying? I'm doing them for myself, to fulfill my own desires. See, Paul's saying here, living by your flesh results in fulfilling our desires. Here's the other thing he says here. Living by the Spirit results in peace in life. Really? Yeah, if I'm, if I'm living by the guidance and control of the Holy Spirit in my life, what it's going to produce in my life is life and peace. Because let's back up for a moment. Let's go back to the other one. But if, we're, if I'm living by the flesh, by what my body desires and stuff, I'm going to be honest with you. Is my body ever satisfied? Okay, so like last night, Lori made the meal, and uh, we had some corn chips. And, and I love corn chips. i got a weak spot for corn chips, okay? And, and so i got a handful of corn chips, and I'm just eating them, you know. She's eating off my plate, I'm eating them, you know. And... Uh, they're gone. And I should say, okay, that's enough. But I just like that salty taste. I like the crunch. Do you know what I'm saying? So, hey, Foster, can you pass the bag? And I get another bigger handful. Do you know what I mean? Am I ever satisfied? Are you ever satisfied when you're seeking? I mean, would you think about the stuff that we pursue in our lives? Sex, power, money, food. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like an addict who's chasing the dragon. He's trying to get that first experience. He can't get it again. It's not satisfying. It is not satisfying at all. There's no peace. In fact, that's the thing. There is no peace. There's no life. Because if you don't watch out, if you allow your desires of your body to take control of you, guess what? They will take control of you. Won't they? You know, and and it doesn't have to be an addict to be taken control of. You can be morally okay and still be controlled. Just nobody knows it. And there's no, no peace. But what, what, what Paul's saying here is, is that if I'm led by the Spirit rather than by my flesh, the Spirit brings to me peace. Huh. For some of us, it's been a long time since we felt that. Peace. Contentment. The Spirit brings us life. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Gospels? I've come that they may have life, and that they may have it more, what, abundantly? And some of us have been like, where's this life, Jesus? You said I could have it abundantly, where is it? Paul's telling us right here. Guess who brings it? The Spirit. You've got to be led by Him. You've got to be guided by Him. So living by the Spirit results in peace and life. Now here's, here's the other thing he's going to point out to us. Look at verse 8. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Here's the point you've got to understand. Living by our flesh does not please God. It's not making them happy. You know, when we just allow our lives to be governed by what we want and our self-centered desires and everything, and that's how we live our life, and we give no attention to the, what the Spirit wants in our life, and if that's what marks our life, we're not pleasing God. Because he wants something so much more for you. In fact, let me, let me illustrate it this way. You know, I'm a parent. i got teenagers on down. Some of you are parents, and some of you, your kids are grown. you got grandkids now. And, okay, I want you to hear me. There are times when you want so much more for your kids, right? 
And, and you you know what they need to do. And you even counsel them. You know what? Here's what you need to do. You need to do this. And you counsel them in whatever way. And they do the exact opposite. And they create chaos in their life, which sometimes spreads into your life. How many know what I'm talking about? You can relate. Are you pleased? Are you happy? Are you hanging out with your buddies and saying, yeah, my kids don't listen to me. They think the old man's dumb. But they'll figure it out. No, no, we don't do that, do we? We don't do that. But we're not pleased. It hurts. Doesn't it? This is what Paul's trying to say to you. He has given us the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, to inhabit us if once we come to Him in belief. And He says, look, you be guided by Him. He's going to teach you. He's going to guide you. Live by Him. But we choose other way. We choose otherwise. I mean, it's an option, Lord. No, it's not an option. He calls us to be led by His Spirit. Period. And when we don't do that, and we choose to be led by our own flesh, and what we want, I mean, think about that for a moment. I mean, think about how, how silly that is for a moment. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we are nothing but a bunch of teenagers. Seriously, think about it. What do you mean by that, George? Well, I mean, here's God who knows everything, who exists past, present, and future, who knows what it is I have to make a decision about right now, plus he's already there in the outcome, and he tells us what we need to do. Be led by the Spirit. And we choose otherwise. What does that say about us? Hello? I'm thick. Do you know what I mean? This is the contrast that he wants us to see here about living by the flesh, which does not please God, or living by the Spirit, which brings peace in life. So here's what I want you to see. He's going to go on, and he's going to help you to understand. Verses 9 through 11, he's going to grasp here and help you to see what the Spirit's work is in our life. Look with me, verses 9 to 11. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Stop right there. If you are a believer... You are a new person. You are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. If you truly have trusted in Him, He has given you the Spirit. So you don't have to live by your flesh. You have the ability now to live by the Spirit. Okay, let's go on. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you don't belong to Jesus. You're not saved. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Here's three things I want you to see here. Actually, two things. Number one, the Spirit dwells in believers. Okay, I knew that, George. Yeah, but you need to grasp it. He's telling us the contrast of being led by the Spirit versus led by the flesh. Led by the flesh results in death, results in enmity towards God, results in not pleasing Him. Led by the Spirit results in life and also results in peace. So then he's going to make the point here. He's making the point through these verses. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you have the Spirit. Wake up to that reality. The Spirit that you want to be led by, if you're wanting to be led by, 
indwells you. Do you know what I mean? He indwells you. You need to pay attention. You know, here, here's, a lame ex- here's a lame example, but maybe it'll help some of you because I know some of you are like this now. You know, up until a few years ago, if you went on a trip and you didn't know where you're going, you got a what? A map. Well, these days, you can get a Tom-Tom or a Garmin. And it'll take you the roundabout way to get there. But it'll get you there. Now, if, if I'm going on a trip and I don't know where I'm going and i got a Tom-Tom or a Garmin sitting on the, de- on the thing there and all I need to do is type in the address of where I'm going, you think it'll get me there? It might take me down a few roads that I don't want to go to, but it'll get me there, okay? But what if I hop in and I don't want to... I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of the macho men. I've got to go. I've never been there before, but I'll find it. And I don't turn it on. I don't even look at a map. And about 300 miles out of the way, I listen to my wife and stop for directions. What would you say about me? <laughs> I'm dumb. Folks, that's what, isn't that what Paul's saying here? If you believe in Jesus, you are not in the flesh, so quit living by the flesh. If you believe in Jesus, you are in the Spirit because the Spirit lives in you. Be led by the Spirit. Do you understand see the difference? He says, you're not in the flesh if you trust in Him. So quit being led by it. Be led by the Spirit. Somehow we've got to make the shift in our minds that it's not about us anymore. It's about something greater. It's not about what we want. It's about what He wants. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somehow we've got to make that shift in our minds. We've got to come to that place. And so he says the Spirit dwells in believers. And here's the other thing he tells us. Again, he's just going to make that point. You've got to grasp it. The Spirit gives life to believers. The Spirit gives life to believers. Some of you, I know because I've been there, whether extreme or not, you have been led by your flesh. And just chasing after whatever you desire and whatever you want. And, 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 and so you keep chasing after it, keep chasing after it, keep chasing after it. And there's no satisfaction. In fact, you're almost bankrupt in your soul. And you keep chasing it, keep chasing it, and something else comes up. Well, maybe that's it. And so you chase after that. And your life is hollow. It's almost meaningless. In fact, you get into your 40s and you start thinking about that. And that starts hurting you. I'm getting old. At least that's what you thought when you were 20. 40-year-olds were old. We're not. We're young. 100 is old. The reality is, is that right before us is the very thing that will bring life and fulfillment to you. And he lives right within you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. It's the Spirit. So folks, let me, let me ask you a question. Who are you going to be led by? Are you going to keep being led by your body, which is like, oh, mindlessly seeking after fulfillment that you can never find? Or are you going to be led by the Spirit that brings life and peace? By your body, which brings chaos and pain and hurt. 
by the Spirit that brings life and fulfillment. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.